Good morning and welcome to a June 29th episode of the Christian Underground News Network. I'm your host, Kurt Chamberlain, along with your co-host, Pastor Dick Chamberlain, and we uh, are very, very uh, pleased, honored, and blessed uh, to have a very special guest with us today, Dr. J.B. Hickson, who is a nationally known author, speaker, and radio host with more than 30 years of ministry experience in the pastoral and academic arenas. Uh, he's nationally recognized uh, for his expertise in the areas of systematic theology, Bible prophecy, evangelism, discipleship, and hermeneutics. And he has a passion for communicating important theological truths from God's Word in a clear and easy-to-understand way and for helping others to learn how to study the Bible effectively for themselves. He served on the faculties and adjunct faculties of nine colleges and seminaries, earned his B.A. degree from Houston Baptist University, um, a THM degree from Dallas Theological Seminary, and a Ph.D. from Baptist Bible Seminary. He's the author of, uh, I think, now 10 books. Is that right, uh, Dr. Hickson? The 10th one is uh, on its way, not quite out the door. The 10th one is on its way, and you have one on the on currently on the bestsellers list, don't you? Well, uh, if by bestseller you mean I have a bunch of boxes of it in my cellar, maybe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, you have one that uh, recently, I think it's... Uh, is it nine people? Nine reasons people go go to hell. Ten reasons. Yeah, yeah that was uh, nominated for by the Christian Indie Publishing uh, Group for best uh, theology book of the year. That's One that's of, right. Yeah, so I don't. It did not win, unfortunately. I think most of the popular theology books today don't like to talk about hell, but it was uh, certainly I, I believe, nominated, which was an honor. I believe. Yeah. Yes, that is an honor, and and I think you're you're absolutely right about that. It seems incredibly difficult for the church today to, to uh, disseminate the truth in an effective way. They, they, they seem to ignore a lot of the, the important stuff, don't they? That's right. They sure do. Well, listen, I'm going to pass this over to Pastor Dick, and I think he wants to do a little bit of a, of a personal introduction for you. So here he is. Uh, hello again, Dr. Hickson, J.B., my friend, and my former, hey. pa yeah, and my former pastor. Uh, the moment we heard you speak at some of those Monday night uh, uh, meetings at uh, Groveland Missionary Church, I, uh, I looked at my wife and I said, this is the place, and she said, that's right. So it's a, it's a, a, a pleasure, an honor, a big thrill uh, for us to have you uh, on our podcast. And um, uh, brother, I, I love you, and um, I'm looking forward to the message. And without further ado, here's Dr. J.B. Hickson. And well, <laughs> Dick and Kurt, man, it is totally my honor and my pleasure. And you know, Dick, uh, you talked about being at our church for those a few years that we were there in uh, central Illinois. And over the years of my ministry, 32 years and counting now, I can only count uh, a small handful of people that actually uh, really – uh, made me nervous when I was up in the pulpit preaching. <laughs> you, you are one of them because you are, boy, you are a biblical scholar of par excellence, and uh, and it was uh, just such a joy to have you as part of the group there. And yeah, those Monday night Bible prophecy meetings, man, those were one of the highlights of my time, uh, if not the highlight of my time there. Uh, as you recall, we used to have uh, 
some cases over 100, upwards of 120 people from wow. 10 or yeah. 20 different churches that would come together. Uh, I think it was every other Monday night, and we would uh, talk for two hours about Bible prophecy. And so That's those right. were some yeah, so I'm uh, I'm really excited about uh, what we're going to talk about today, and really look forward to dialoguing uh, with both of you about it. In fact, uh, you know I love your podcast, uh, the Christian Underground News Network, and probably uh, as much as any other topic that you've addressed since you started the podcast, this one really uh, is right on target for at least the name of your of your podcast, the Underground News Network, because what we're going to be talking about is Satan's plan to overthrow uh, the world and take over the world through the Antichrist and all that is happening uh, as he kind of spirals rapidly towards this final climactic battle in the last seven years prior to the Lord's return. And I really believe if the Lord tarries his coming and things uh, continue on the trajectory uh, that they are, we may all have to go underground to be able to worship our Lord in safety and peace. That's what we thought. We we think that yeah, we we think the very same thing, JB. We that's why we named it the what we named it. It's uh, we we think that may be coming pretty shortly. Yeah, no doubt. So I'm uh, I just to give you a little background. Uh, this uh, the the topic I think for today that uh, we're going to be talking about is called Spirit of the Antichrist, the Gathering Cloud of Deception. And those who have uh, followed the ministry of Not By Works uh, for the last year know that uh, this was uh, an 18-part, it was the name of an 18-part video series, over 14 hours of teaching, uh, that we gave last fall in the midst of this uh, uh, pandemic crisis. And it really uh, represents the culmination of 15 years of study on this topic. I had written previously about it in a book that came out in 2012 called The Great Last Day's Deception. And that was sort of my first entree into, into this whole big, you know, broader topic that we're going to get into. I, I've um, read that one, JB. Yeah, that was, uh, and that's probably one of our best sellers, uh, of, you know, all time. Um, but uh, it, that represented only about five years of, of study, and it was something that was really burdensome to me and, uh, and really burning within me, and so I felt like I needed to put pen to paper and write about it, and it's a great book. But it this it is really is a great more, book. Really great book, it, yes. Well, well, thank you, and this is far more in-depth and far more this, this Spirit of the Antichrist series, so, um, so I'm going to just kind of give an overview and the biblical basis for what we're talking about, but I just want the listeners right up front to know that the full comprehensive uh, series is available either as on DVD set, a big DVD set, or as a digital download. And everything that we're talking about, they can find uh, at our website, notbyworks.org. That's notbyworks.org. Um, but obviously there's no way in one uh, podcast that we can cover all of the material in that 14-hour series. But I would like to let the listeners know that uh, this is an important topic and one that it would be beneficial, I think, for all believers to uh, to study and to get into and to be aware of. You know, Proverbs 22.3 reminds us that we are to be prepared. You know, he who sees trouble coming and prepares for it is wise. Yes. Um, and uh, we're never to be scared, uh, but right. we're to be prepared. That's right. And, uh, and so to be prepared means you got to look behind the curtain. You have to be willing to, to look at some tough topics and, uh, you know, see what what's really going on. So... The real premise for the name, Spirit of the Antichrist, uh, comes from the book of 1 John. And 
uh, in the book of First John, it's one of the last books written in the New Testament, written, of course, by the Apostle John, uh, who wrote uh, the Gospel of John. He wrote the great book of Revelation, the final book in the New Testament, and he wrote uh, two other uh, epistles. But in this one, he's dealing in the late 90s A.D., after the church had been around for some 60 years, uh, with some early heresies in the church and some problems uh, related to their early church view of Christ and some false teachers that had come in. And mostly the book of 1 John is all about fellowship and how to, how to encourage believers to be in close relationship with Christ, to stay close to him. He uses the word abide, which is the Greek word meno, meaning to stay close to, close fellowship with. Uh, sometimes uh, Bible teachers will mistakenly teach that this book of 1 John is about tests of life, you know, how to know whether you're really a Christian or not. Uh, but that's not the case at all. It seems pretty clear from the opening words of the letter that it's all about fellowship and how to how to uh, stay close to our Lord. Uh, there's only one way to know that you're a believer, and that's have you placed your faith in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who died and rose again. Amen. And if you've done that's all you need to know. You can, you can rest on the promise of Christ who said, I give you eternal life and you shall never perish, John 10, 28. So with that background about... First John, um, you know, the, the verse that we're going to look at, we're going to look at two or three different verses in this letter, but I'll start with First John 2.18, where um, the, the Bible says, little children, it's the last hour, and as you have heard that the Antichrist, capital A, I'm reading from the New King James, now that you've heard that the Antichrist, capital A, is coming, even now many Antichrists, little a, have come, by which we know it is the last hour. So a couple of key things to understand. First of all, in Scripture, there's a distinction between what the Bible calls the last hour or the last days, those two terms are used interchangeably, and what we call the end times. So the end times, which is one of my passions, is the study of uh, unfulfilled prophecy, the, the everything that starts with the rapture and goes through the end of the uh, of God's plan of the ages to, to the new heavens and the new earth. So a lot of readers may not understand that 16% of the Bible is unfulfilled prophecy. Right. 16%. Right. So I've uh, spoken elsewhere at different conferences and on radio programs about what I call the 84% club, which is my label for those churches and teachers and Bible uh, teachers that reject Bible prophecy and think it's irrelevant and never mm -hmm. talk about it. You know, to me, they're only preaching 84% of the Bible. And uh, yeah. why would we want to do that? I mean, if God thought it was important enough to reveal to us in his written word, we ought to study it. Mm -hmm. So I believe in studying the whole counsel of God. Yes. And uh, so, so, you know, the end times is that 16% of Bible prophecy that awaits future fulfillment. And the next great prophetic event, of course, is the rapture. Uh, but the term last hour and last days refers to the present church age, mm -hmm. and uh, we can prove that. I won't take the time to go into it, but in the uh, earlier videos of this series that we're summarizing today, uh, I do prove that biblically, that the term is used to refer to this present age uh, in which we live. You know, one verse comes to mind, for example, in Hebrews 1, where the writer begins by saying something like, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke to us in time past through the prophets, has in these last days mm -hmm. spoken to us through yeah. the Son. So, so when we talk about, when the 1 John 2.18, going back to that text, says that 
it's the last hour and many antichrists have come. He's talking about the present age. And so he goes on to say in chapter 4 that this is the spirit of the antichrist which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. Right. So that's really the premise right there is that in this present age, the spirit of the antichrist is already at work in the world preparing and getting ready for this final cosmic battle that will take place between God and Satan, between Christ and the Antichrist that will culminate in the Battle of Armageddon at Christ's return before he establishes and inaugurates his long-awaited kingdom. So, you know, with that sort of focus and those verses, I got to thinking, well, we know, according to Scripture, some of the characteristics and activities of the future Antichrist. And in case our listeners may not be aware, the Antichrist is a biblical uh, human being that is mentioned that will take over the world for a period of seven years. Uh, He's variously referred to in Scripture as, of course, the Antichrist, the man of sin, the son of perdition, Mm -hmm. the little horn, the prince who shall come, the lawless one. The name for the Antichrist uh, that John uses in the book of Revelation is the beast, uh, or the beast out of the sea. And so the Antichrist and his sidekick, his his second in command, his partner in crime, the uh, false prophet, will be the ones who rule the world And uh, during that seven-year period. And so when the Bible talks about the spirit of that Antichrist, basically it's saying that Satan, who is ultimately the one pulling the strings of the Antichrist, is in every age leading up to, in every generation, I should say, leading up to that final seven-year period, uh, he is preparing the way. He does not have the mind of God. He's not omniscient. He does not know God's timetable. So he has to be ready at a moment's notice for if the Lord calls the church home to be with the Lord, to meet him in the air, uh, that will start the clock ticking on that final 16% of Bible prophecy. And Satan has to be ready to, I believe, indwell the Antichrist, um, uh, according to Second Thessalonians 2. At the very least, the Antichrist will be working according to the power of Satan, the Bible plainly says. But I believe it's more of an indwelling. Uh, it's interesting, uh, Dick and, and Kurt, only two times in human history uh, do we see Satan, who is the prince of demons. He's a demon himself, a fallen angel, the prince of them. Uh, and demons, we know, can indwell unbelievers. And only two times in human history do we see Satan himself indwell a human being, rather than delegating that to one of his legion of, of demons. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, first, the first occasion is, in, is related to the first advent of Christ, when we know from the biblical uh, record that Satan indwells Judas to right. help deceive and, and betray Jesus. In other words, you know, Satan's been trying to take over the world from the beginning. He got kicked out of heaven, and he said, well, if I can't have heaven, I'll have earth. So that's why the Bible calls, uh, you know, the Bible talks about the earth as being under the sway of the wicked one. And, um, you know, this is the devil's playground. Um, You know, Paul says in 2 Thessalonians 2 that the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Mm -hmm. And that's in the context of the Antichrist. So we see a lot of passages that talk about this power and precursor to the Antichrist, the satanic influence, already working itself out in these great last days of deception. 
JB. And, uh, so anyway, so at the first advent, Satan says, uh, you know, here, here is God in the flesh coming to my backyard, coming to my turf. Here's my chance. I'm not going to delegate that and, and leave it up to my subordinates. I'm going to take this one myself. So he indwells Judas. Mm -hmm. And, of course, we know that it's the story. He thought he had defeated Satan. Uh, but, of course, uh, Satan, Christ rose from the dead, defeating death, hell, and the grave. And uh, won the victory, um, but I think the second time, when we will see very likely the antichrist or the Satan indwell a human being, is when he indwells the antichrist, and we get this from, as I said, Second Thessalonians two, um, and and once again it's in the context of God coming to Satan's territory when Christ comes back in preparation for his return. So Satan's desperate; he's trying everything he can to take over this world. Again, the whole world is under the sway of the wicked one, um, but uh, uh, we know he, we know who wins in the end. That's the reason we're not to fear. You know, fear is not a uh, But at the same time, you know, there's a lot of bad things happening. And you know, if you think back to other periods of time in human history when Satan was very close to ushering in his one-world satanic regime, you think about World War II, for example. Mm. The ones who survived. Physically, that uh, tyrannical uh, persecution uh, was were, were those who were prepared. They saw it coming. They were able to hide out uh, in you know underground bunkers, and they were they were able to kind of out smart and be elusive. Um, sadly, many Christians uh, during that time, speaking again of World War II, uh, were complicit in mm. you know Hitler's takeover, and they. They didn't see it coming till it was too late. Yeah. And so, uh, so anyway, back to the premise of this series. I got to thinking. We know the Antichrist is going to rule the world. We know certain characteristics and things about him that he will do. Uh, we can read about all the passages that talk about the Antichrist's reign of terror, and we can make a list of his activities, his actions, and so forth. And so I did that, and then I sort of narrowed that list to seven of the most prominent characteristics of the Antichrist. And I said, based on the biblical record, which tells us that the spirit of the Antichrist is already at work, if we know what the Antichrist is going to do, and the Bible says his, you know, this, the spirit of those activities is already being fleshed out, we ought to see an uptick in those types of activities right. as we move through time. Right. You know, another key verse is 2 Timothy 3.13, which very plainly tells us that evil men and imposters will wax worse and worse. That is, they will get worse and worse. So we understand or should understand that depravity is a degenerative disease. It gets worse and worse and worse. It doesn't get better with time. And so we also know that deception is getting worse. Mm -hmm. We are more deceived today than we were yesterday. We'll be more deceived tomorrow than we are today. So kind of correlating and cross-referencing all of those verses, I started sort of looking at current events and facts and, and, and details and research, uh, much of which I had already started going back to that book in 2012. And it just really ended up being this uh, massive, comprehensive overview of several key topics that uh, relate to and I believe set the stage for the future Antichrist. So let me just read 
a few of the titles from the 18-part video series, which again is available at notbyworks.org. We have, uh, if you go to the website there and click on videos on the main menu, one of the subcategories is Spirit of the Antichrist. And if you click on that, you'll see a 73-minute summary overview, similar to what I'm doing here today on the show, except it's got, you know, it's a video. It's got all of the slides and, and graphics. Uh, and that's intended to be kind of a teaser to sort of whet your appetite and, and, and touch, you know, touch on some of the topics. Uh, but on that same web page, you can then uh, click to order it either by download or as a DVD set. But here's some of the topics that we uh, talk about in Spirit of the Antichrist. Um, we talk about the Luciferian conspiracy. A lot of people haven't heard that term, but it's all through the literature going back several hundred years, uh, going back to you know before the founding of America and uh, some of the uh, secret societies and satanic groups over there in Europe. And, and obviously, we believe traces all the way back to the Garden when the right. great conspiracy began. Uh, so the Luciferian conspiracy, I talk about it in detail, I demonstrate it from scripture, and then I diagram it out and simply put, the Luciferian conspiracy is a, well, a conspiracy, first of all, is two or more people working together to perform some evil deed. Yeah. So a conspiracy is a pretty basic concept, uh, but the Luciferian conspiracy involves Satan, demons, and human agents that are all three working together to try to usher in uh, this satanic one world system. So we, we spent a couple of time, uh, sessions talking about that. Then I get into some manifestations and some of the uh, things that we talk about in the, you know, the series. Remember I said I narrowed it to seven of the most obvious manifestations of the spirit of the Antichrist. And these are the spirit of pretense or deception, which is clearly the biggest one. Mm -hmm. Jesus said is a liar from the beginning when he speaks Everything he says is a lie. He can only speak from his own resources. Uh, so we talk a lot about how we've been deceived, and I, I get into uh, programs like Operation Mockingbird and uh, the mainstream media and weapons of mass deception. Mm -hmm. uh, I talk about the cancel culture. Uh, by the way, we have a book right now. Uh, I didn't write this particular book, but it's by a friend of mine, uh, David Fiorazzo, uh, called Canceling Christianity that just came out. And it's a powerful book that shows how the Luciferians are really striving to cancel and uh, you know, obstruct and uh, censor anything that speaks uh, about Christ and about moral absolutes and about the truth, frankly. Yes, um, we're, we're seeing a lot of that in Canada right now, JB. It's, it's getting worse there. Oh, Canada is like the tip of the spear. I mean, uh, oh, absolutely. It is horrible. I've got several contacts up there that, uh, I mean, I, and I show a video in this Fear of the Antichrist series where they're calling off a pastor from Iowa and arresting him in the streets because he dared to worship, you know, to hold worship services. Absolutely. So, yeah, yeah. They've, they've uh, imprisoned Pastor Tim Stevens several times. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, this, this book, Canceling Christianity, you know, we, the reason we promote it, and I've been on David Fiorazzo's uh, radio show several times. Is because we've been a victim of it, you know. Not by works YouTube. And, uh, two strikes and three additional warnings, and they deleted five, a total of five of our videos. Oh boy! Simply told the truth. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, for any listeners that are interested, 
several months ago, we stopped posting to YouTube. We still have, uh, you know, a couple thousand followers on YouTube. I haven't checked in a while, but uh, but we haven't been posting anything new because we're doing everything through our site. So uh. every week post three new videos, all of our podcasts and all of our other teaching is all available in one central clearinghouse, and that's not by works.org. Um, because we're, we, we knew that the time was, uh, the clock was ticking and they were going to just ban our channel altogether. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I recognize that, you know, YouTube has, is a great avenue and conduit for sharing the gospel. And I, I wish we could still be on it, but I just got to the point where I couldn't afford to invest the time that it takes to upload stuff to that site, knowing that at any moment they're going to ban one of my videos or cancel sure. the whole channel. Sure. So, uh, so anyway, people will find the Not By Works Ministries YouTube channel, and it's got hundreds and hundreds of videos, but you'll notice there's not anything new for the last few months. Uh, all of our new stuff, in fact, all of our stuff, even old stuff, is now available at notbyworks.org. The videos, the free videos, the free audio podcasts, and all of that. Um, but anyway, back to the seven manifestations. We, so we spent quite a bit of time talking about the spirit of pretense. And then we get into the spirit of phenomena, which is uh, kind of interesting because we know that there will be all kinds of signs and wonders and supernatural things taking place in that final seven-year period, Um, seven-year tribulation period, uh, which is variously referred to in Scripture as uh, the time of Jacob's trouble, the overflowing scourge, most commonly the great day of the Lord's wrath, speaking of that seven-year period. It is, uh, of course, in Daniel referred to as the 70th week, uh, which just means the final seven years of Daniel's 490-year plan that God outlines through uh, Daniel. Um, and uh, But we know that in that final seven-year period, there will be all kinds of unbelievable cosmic things taking place, the outside of the norm, paranormal-type things. Uh, the wrath of God is being poured out. The wrath of Satan is being uh, poured out. And so uh, if that's the case, then we ought to see a, an uptick in uh, what I call phenomena or paranormal activity. Mm-hmm. And boy, do we. I mean, uh, you sure have to do. be lifted up on a rock not to notice how, you know, stuff that, of course, some of us have been studying for years and years and years. And, and some people, not me, but uh, other um, researchers for decades, uh, is just now finally being admitted to. Um, we see almost every week uh, Tucker Carlson on Fox News has a different piece on the on the UAP issue, formerly called UFOs. And, you know, oh. for decades the government denied uh, that they were studying them and that they existed. Now they've come out and said, oh, yeah, absolutely, they're real. We call them unidentified aerial phenomena. We don't know what they are. They have technology far beyond anything we're capable of or anyone on this planet is capable of and we're at their mercy they're they're swarming around our naval nuclear ships and nuclear uh warheads and things and they're we we don't know what they are and uh, just this just this last week on the 25th the uh government task force that was uh the congress uh created uh under the uh impetus of marco rube senator marco rubio was the one that really was pushing for it released their latest findings, and they admitted, yeah, we have uh, over 140 cases where our naval warships uh, observed, videoed, and we've seen some of the videos that they've released, uh, these unidentified aerial phenomena. Now, uh, a lot of people that study that, 
think mistakenly that we're dealing with aliens or green Martians or whatever. <laughs> uh, that's not what the Bible teaches. That's right. Uh, that, it's demonic. It's all demonic activity. And traces I believe all, Satan... It traces all the way back to Genesis 6, doesn't it, Pastor? Yeah, doesn't absolutely. It? Totally, yes, yeah. absolutely. And so we, do, we definitely see Satan sort of sending out demons on reconnaissance missions trying to prepare and we see uh, all kinds of things, and, and so we, we get into that. I mean, when's the last time, uh, Dick or, or Kurt, you heard a, a dispensational Bible-believing Bible teacher talk about UFOs from the lens of Scripture? Well, we do that. <laughs> yeah, so, that, that's very seldom heard, J.B., it really yeah. is. Yeah, and, and <laughs> Ephesians 2 talks about the prince of the powers of the air. Yeah, and Ephesians 6, and uh, the, the cosmic struggle and the heavenlies and so forth. So, you know... Sometimes when I speak on this, because one of the 18 videos is on UFOs, UAPs, and the U.S. government. That's the title of it. And it's a one-hour one hour video. And uh, when I've given that lecture at different conferences, some people get – well, most people go, yeah, I get it, because they're sort of – they're paying attention and they realize it. And a lot of people have actually seen phenomena like that. Um, but every now and then someone will raise their hand and say, uh, yeah, I don't know about all this. And, Recently, I had a guy raise his hand and, uh, during the Q&A after I'd given that uh, lecture, and he said, uh, you know, uh, Dr. Hickson, I've, uh, I've heard a lot about this UFOs, and I've kind of studied it. He said, but, you know, every picture that I see is always really fuzzy and blurry, and I just, I just don't see any evidence for any of these. And I said, so let me understand. So you're saying you've seen some of these uh, videos? He said, yeah. I said, uh, and they're kind of blurry and he said yeah yeah they're real blurry i said uh, so would you say it's it's, it's kind of hard to identify what's in the picture and he said yeah exactly and i said so would you say they're kind of unidentified things up in the clouds and he said oh <laughs> so he i kind of backed him into a corner and he, he realized that it's, <laughs> that he's talking about unidentified flying objects yeah. that's what they are so so anyway we've got spirit of pretense spirit of phenomenon i get into much more than just ufos with that i get into unexplained disappearances we've got uh, you know other paranormal activity and I, I recommend several documentaries and give clips and uh, and so forth and then we get into number three is the spirit of pride and uh, obviously that's a big one big one and boy we see it all over the place today i mean uh this narcissism epidemic oh and it's it's just you know it's it's pervasive and so I talk about how the Antichrist, in each one of these, by the way, I start by going to the biblical text and showing that these are characteristics of the future Antichrist, and then again, based on the premise that the spirit of the Antichrist is already at work among us, I say, I ask the question, do we see an increase in this type of activity? And boy, it, it certainly is true in each case. Um, and then I deal with the spirit of power and the spirit of persecution. And those are both kind of related, but they're two separate categories. Uh, but uh, obviously, Satan's going, or uh, the Antichrist is going to get his power from Satan. And, uh, and, and we're going to see all kinds of evidence today of this uptick in just brute power and the global surveillance and the global police state. Um, you know, you can't, you can't, when it gets to the point where America, which is, by the way, still the greatest nation on the earth, Amen. and uh, and we're about ready to celebrate our freedom uh, coming up uh, on Independence Day. 
Um, and, you know, I'm still proud of our country. However, uh, you know, the, over the last uh, 20 years and really in the last couple of years especially, we've seen our freedoms really uh, fade away. And if, if the Lord tarries is coming, it, it, it probably won't be long before, uh, you know, we no longer have some of these freedoms. But when it gets to the point where in this great country, the government tells churches and pastors and Christians they can't worship the Lord on Easter Sunday, yeah. that's a problem. That's a problem. And, uh, where they can sing, where they can sit, when they can attend, how many can attend. Uh, I mean, talk about a violation of church and state. Oh. Uh, that's exactly what some of our you know, founding fathers, particularly the, the Christian ones, the Plymouths, the Brethren, and so forth, uh, the, the uh, Plymouth Rock crowd and so forth, that's what they were fleeing, was a place where yeah. the gut was yeah. controlling religion. And uh, so we definitely see power and persecution. Go ahead. No, I, we, we're in total agreement. We, the, the, these things are obviously happening and, and at an alarmingly, increasingly alarming rate. It really is. Yeah, and the sad thing is, Dick, is how Christians are so blind to it. And yeah. in fact, in some cases, Christians are the ones that are the biggest, you know, problem. I've had, you know, more confrontations with Christians because I, you know, I st stood up for what I believe to be biblical truth. Mm -hmm. And yet Christians are saying, well, you know, Romans 13 tells us we got to do whatever the government says, which, of course, is not what Romans 13 <laughs> says. Uh, that's that's right. a complete interpretation. And for those who are interested in the, the accurate view of that passage, uh, we have a video, a DVD out there. It's available. All of our videos are available as digital downloads or on DVD. But this one is called, and I did it... Uh, three years ago before all of this began happening and, and boy did it turn out to be prescient but it's yeah. called red white and bad when the country we love becomes the country we fear and in that video i give, give you an exposition of romans 13 and make it clear that uh you know we are to obey god first always and uh god has put governments in place to do us good uh, but Unless the government is doing the will of God, we are not obligated to obey the it's, government. It's, it's, it's like what the apostle said in, in the book of Acts. We ought to obey God rather than men. Yeah, absolutely. Acts 4, Peter and John there uh, basically saying, look, you know, thanks for the in input, but we don't we don't answer to you. That's right. <laughs> we, so, but yet it was Christians that were you know, saying, oh, the loving thing to do is to, you know, stop meeting and be, be a good witness to others. Well, let me tell you something. It is never the loving thing to do to perpetuate a lie. That's for sure. It is, it is never the loving thing to do to perpetuate a lie. And the whole uh, reaction to, I'm not saying the, the virus isn't real. It's very much real, and people really did die. But the reaction to it was absolutely deceptive, controlling, and there was a complete Luciferian agenda behind it. I, I get into this in detail in the uh, one of the videos called Big Pharma and Vaccines, yes. which is uh, number eight in, the, in my 18-part series, Spirit of the Antichrist. But I show unequivocally that as far back as 2010, the Rockefeller Foundation released a 54-page document, which I have. I'll be happy to send it to people, uh, explaining how they're going to roll out this um, control measure 
with a pandemic, and, and it reads like a headline from today. I mean, even down to shutting down churches, masks, yes. stores, social distancing, all of it. Yes. That was, you know, ten years before, eleven years before it happened. So, and then of course everybody knows about the event two hundred one that occurred in October, right before the uh, the pandemic rolled out. So, mm-hmm. um, this, there's no question that it's not about what it's about. Um, you know, total deaths. Uh, were identical to any other year within a, within the margin of error. And so, obviously, if you had a worldwide pandemic that was killing millions of people, you would see a huge increase oh. in the total deaths. Yeah. Um, but it, you know, flu and cold cases absolutely disappeared. I mean, yeah. exponentially. What happened to the flu season, JB? Yeah, what happened to it? It disappeared. They yeah. just relabeled everything, yeah. you know, COVID. And again, I don't mean to make light of anyone who lost a family member because they caught this very bad strain of the flu and and but the fact of the matter is you know 0.3 percent of people who are healthy died from this and yeah. uh we have a lot more people dying from much more serious diseases i mean exponentially more and yeah. we've never shut down churches and demanded they not worship god before that's so right. So, you know, I think, and that's a very, uh, that's one of the videos that was banned by YouTube, by the way, that number eight in our series, because we put them up originally when we first did it for a period of time, and then when we uh, had the DVDs produced, uh, we, uh, we you know, took them down, and now we make it available on DVD or as a digital download. But, um, so, you know, we've got spirit of pretense, spirit of phenomena, spirit of pride, spirit of power, spirit of persecution, and then this is a biggie, which I'm, I'm sure you guys will completely uh, agree and that is the spirit of perversion oh yeah Um, i mean this attack that we're seeing on gender i call this the gender surrender movement and we have a whole video on that uh is satanic at its core yeah Um, god created man in his image and he created us male and female and so to attack gender is to attack the very image of god and man and god himself and uh, so, you know, this, I uh, get into the whole LGBTQI, all that stuff, uh, movement, and give several examples of companies and books and TV shows that you would be shocked to know are advancing intentionally uh, this uh, LGBT movement. So, perversion, and we know Satan's going to be, uh, I mean, sorry, the Antichrist is going to be uh, manifesting incredible perversion. Daniel tells us that. He will uh, have no desire for women, which mm-hmm. it's a little bit um, tricky in the Hebrew text, uh, but the most common and most natural reading of that in, in translating it would mean that he's, uh, he's going to be homosexual. And uh, so uh, and he's going to deny the gods of his fathers. He's not going to be Muslim or any one religion. He's going to be a pluralist who brings all religions together under one to worship him. And uh, speaking of that, that's the seventh broad category in this 18-part series, and that is the spirit of pluralism. And I show you how uh, religious institutions are coming together. I I talk to give a lot of quotes from the current pope. Um, Oh, boy. uh, And and, uh, he is uh, (laughs) unbelievable. And again, I don't mean to offend any listeners who may be Catholic, but you need to understand, if you're listening and you're a practicing Catholic, that you are following a false religion. I'm very mm-hmm. sorry, but you know we believe the Bible is the Word of God, and it's the only standard for our beliefs, attitudes, and practices. Amen. Roman Catholicism teaches that 
the Bible, and it's not even the same Bible, is just one of three sources for authority. Uh, the others are tradition and the church, the church meaning the Pope and his decrees. And so if you read, he just came out with a new book, by the way. Um, I think it's something like The Coming World or something like that. I, I mentioned it in my DVDs, but I hadn't planned to talk about it, so I didn't have my notes in front of me. But uh, brand new, just came out in March. And in it, he talks unashamedly about the coming one-world system. How yes. we need a one-world government with power, with authority to punish people. He's, and really, national... he's really been promoting it heavily. Yes, he absolutely has. And so, you know, if you're a Catholic, you should ask yourself why. You know, and why is the Pope sitting down with Muslim clerics and you know Eastern mystical gurus and people and, and conspiring? To usher in this one world system. Why? Yeah. Um, but most importantly, if you're a Catholic and you're listening to this, you need to understand that uh, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Mm, that's and correct. If there's never been a time in your life when you placed your faith in Jesus Christ and Him alone as the only one who paid your sin penalty and rose from the dead and can give you the free gift of eternal life, then then it doesn't matter what religion you're a part of, you're lost, and you need Jesus. So, yeah. um, so, so that's kind of a you know high level summary there of just this whole series, which uh, you know we are so thankful for because it, it's it's some of the details that we get into here are really stunning, and people you know watch it and they go, really. But, I mean, the, the facts speak for themselves, and the evidence speaks for itself. Quotes, I give over 100 quotes throughout the, uh, well, actually more than that throughout the whole 18, but in a particular session talking about uh, the spirit of pluralism and power and persecution, where uh, over 100 quotes from well-known government officials for the last 100 years talking about the fact that we need a one-world system, that we can no longer have individual national sovereignty. So, so what does that mean for us today? I mean, what, what's kind of the so what question? One of the videos in the series talks about how to, how to avoid deception. And I think what it means for us today is, number one, you need to understand that things are never as they appear. And uh, our government is controlled by a pretty bad group of people that, and I'm not talking about just congressmen and senators. There's some bad congressmen and senators, too. But I'm you're talking, you're about, talking about groups like the Illuminati or the Bilderbergs. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, the Illuminati, you mentioned them. That when did they, when were they founded? What was the birthday of the uh, Illuminati? July 4th, 1776. That's Ring right. a bell? Um, and so the Illuminati were just the Freemasons that came over mm -hmm. under with strict orders from the, the old world to the new world. And by the way, why do you, why do they, you think they called the new world order? Because originally these Luciferians wanted to come to this new world and establish a new beachhead for their global dominance. That's right. And this was an easy place to do it because it was undeveloped and it didn't have a bunch of, uh, you know, armies and so forth, like over in Europe. And so that's why they came over here and, most of our founding fathers were Freemasons, and yep. they established the Illuminati here. But uh, you're right, yeah, Bilderberg is another secret society where they choose who's going to be uh, uh, a president. And uh, by the way, we get into, in video number six in this 18-part series, 
fake news and censorship. Mm -hmm. And then in video number, let's see if I can find it here. Um, uh, well, I can't find the number, but we get into false elections. Oh, and, boy. Uh, you know, well, we've never seen one of those here, George. Really. Yeah. Oh, there it is, number 14. So the title of video number 14 in the series is The CFR, Bilderberg, Bohemian Grove, and Fake Elections. The CFR is the Council on Foreign Relations, correct? That's right. The Council on Foreign Relations, Mm -hmm. exactly. It was basically um, de facto founded by the Rockefeller uh, dynasty. Um, They didn't officially found it, but they funded it and had basically the control of it from the beginning. and so, uh, and the Bohemian Grove, uh, oh, so yeah. I connect all the dots from all of these things and show you that, you know, our elections are controlled. Now, oh, yeah. let me interject that I've been talking about, you know, Dominion software and Chinese controlled tabulation machines and fake elections going back to Great Last Day's deception. Mm-hmm. And I've been, I've been scoffed at and I've been actually disinvited from Christian conferences because most Christians think that, you know, Christianity is synonymous with, you know, Republican. And what they don't understand is, uh, although we certainly agree more with the platform of the Republican Party than the the other side, the reality is both parties are controlled. It's a fake two-party system. It's a false, uh, you uh, you know, dichotomy there between uh, the two. It's a false left-right paradigm. Right. And and so, you know, I've been talking about, you know, how ever since they went to digital tabulation, you cannot trust the election results. That's, that's so, correct. That's correct. And so thankfully, or I, I shouldn't say thankfully, but what's interesting in terms of vindication is that with the most blatant stolen election in history, and, and again, it's not the first one by any means, you know, um, you know, every one of them going back, you go back to 2000, Bush Gore. That was a rigged election, no question about it. Uh, and, and, and they're all rigged because we're, they're not elections, they're selections. And they, they use this digital tab, tabulation uh, technology, and all it takes is you know, some 18-year-old computer whiz kid sitting in a cubicle um, in Cleveland to make a few keystrokes, and he can change the outcome of the election on you know, the hard drive uh, in several key counties of several key states, and first thing you know, the Electoral College flips the way they want it to. And so, um, you know, I believe the 2016 election was rigged. They've all been rigged ever oh, yeah. since we went yeah. to, to digital voting tabulation. And by the way, my theory, and I think there's pretty strong data to back it up, but I, I wouldn't necessarily, you know, die on this hill because I don't have a smoking gun, but. My theory about 2016 was because the Luciferians knew what they were planning to roll out with this uh, um, control system pandemic and shutting down the world, uh, they knew that they needed uh, a Republican in office. A Republican scapegoat. Yeah, yeah. well, not only a scapegoat, but, I mean, they needed a Republican to get the Christians to go along. I mean, can you imagine what would have happened if... President Hillary Clinton stood up and announced to the United States that we want every church to not hold services on Easter, and you Christians can't meet, you can't worship, and you can't sing hymns. Yeah. The Christians would have totally revolted, and there would have been a revolution oh, yeah. uh, because we hated Hillary. But because it was a Republican uh, who stood up and said Christians can't worship and 
so forth, we all bowed down and worshipped at the altar of Trump. So, yeah. so yeah. absolutely, I believe that all these elections were uh, were rigged. And uh, and again, I've been talking about it for forever. And and that's one of the positive things that came out of this uh, latest election is that you know having they were done with Trump, they no longer needed him. And by the way, I'm not suggesting Trump is part of you know that conspiracy. I think he's in many cases just a useful idiot, but he was certainly, they were done with him, and now they needed, you know, uh, President Kamala Harris to be in there, which, as everyone knows, is really the, the real president. Uh, and and yeah. so, they were, come what may, there was no way they were going to let Trump win the election. And for those who take the time to look at the facts, and, and which are incontrovertible, and several states are now doing this finally, a little bit too late, uh, Trump won the election by a landslide. It wasn't even close. Absolutely, yeah. But when you when you've got control of the hard drives, and you hmm. can just announce, well, this is the numbers. When no one has a paper ballot to count, we can't look at the provenance of the votes. We mm -hmm. can't actually cross check them. We just have to take their word for it. You know? yeah. So, yeah, so anyway, right. I'm kind of ranting now, but uh, uh, you know, these are some of the top. We talk about. Um, you know, global surveillance in the police state. We talk about uh, false flags. That's another huge thing. We talk about eugenics. Um, so it's a pretty comprehensive series, and yeah. uh, and hope the listeners that this will pique an interest because knowledge is power. And if we can read straight out of their playbook, uh, you know, one of the Luciferian credos, one of the rules that they live by is that they, they they believe they have to tell us what they're going to do before they do it. Yeah. Usually, usually it's hidden and subtle, and you kind of you don't notice it until after it happens, and then you're like, oh, yeah, they talked about this. you know. Um, but uh, so the more we know of their playbook, the more prepared we are to, you know, to, to defend. Agreed. Uh, and again, Agreed. You, know, you don't know when the Lord's coming back. You know, some Christians think, oh, well, we're going to be raptured before it gets too bad. Well, that's ridiculous. The Bible never promises that at all. Uh, it promises we're going to be raptured before the great day of the Lord's wrath, that final mm -hmm. seven years, but it never promises we're going to be raptured before it's too bad. And frankly, for many believers for the last 2,000 years of the church age, it's been too bad already. I mean, they've been suffered yeah. ultimate yeah. martyrdom. So yeah. that's a really nice approach. So we can either, you know, sit back and, and say, you know, que sera, sera, whatever will be, will be, let's just eat, drink, and be merry, or we can take the time to look behind the curtain, be aware of what Satan is doing in the context of this, you know, Bible prophecy that the Bible teaches us, and then we can hopefully survive. I mean, the Lord may not come back for 100 years. I don't know. I mean, I if you ask my opinion... I think it's closer than ever and, and could be in the next few years. Um, mm -hmm. Not today, you know, Maranatha, but, but we don't really know. So the best course of action is to study this information, be prepared, and uh, take that action. Yes. So that's kind of a summary. I know we're kind of coming up on the end of the hour. So, you know, what uh, – of those topics that we've kind of just briefly touched on uh, under spirit of the Antichrist, uh, is there anything that kind of you wanted to piggyback on or ask a question about? Yeah, yeah, JB, I, I've got one. Well, I've got more than one question, but uh, maybe one pertinent question. Uh, you mentioned earlier that since Satan does not know 
for sure what God's timeline is, uh, would you say it's reasonable to assume that he has had an Antichrist ready in almost every yeah. in almost every era? Yeah, that's a very great point. Uh, and, and by the way, Dick and Curtis, you guys sound so much alike. It's when I'm not in the same room with you, it's hard to know who's asking the question. That, that was that was me, <laughs> Kurt, JB. That was okay, Kurt. okay, that's good. I, I thought it was Kurt, but I couldn't be be sure. Um, and plus, you're both so smart. It's like I can't really tell you apart. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, that's a great point, Kurt. And I've talked about that many times through the years, even before I kind of awakened to this. Luciferian conspiracy, um, it's just a fact of, of the matter, and that is that Satan, as you repeated, does not have the mind of God, and therefore he's got a man on standby uh, in each generation ready to step up. So it right. might have been Hitler, it could have been, you know, Mussolini, it could have been... Uh, Stalin, it could have been Paul. Pol Pot, even, you know, I mean, it could, it could have been any number of... of uh, well, uh, historical e evildoers. Yeah, tyrants, yeah. In that video I referenced uh, earlier, that DVD, Red, White, and Bad, uh, When the Country We Love Becomes the Country We Fear, I give a, a history of tyrants. Oh, yeah. Uh, mentioned, and the ones you just mentioned are all in that list. And so, um, so yeah, uh, absolutely. I think that's part of what's meant when John said, uh, you know, the spirit of, when, when he said, uh, this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and is already now in the world. And when he said, even now many Antichrists have come, right. I think that's what he means. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, JB, this is Dick talking now. Okay. And, and um, uh, years ago uh, at the Groveland Church, um, a young lady, young married lady, um, uh, confronted me uh, with a question. And uh, when she asked it, um, it just sent my mind uh, a, a racing. She said, Dick, have you ever read Jeremiah chapter 23? And I said, you mean where the pastors and prophets and priests were profane? She said, yes. And uh, you know the young lady. I won't say her full name, but it was Kristen. And uh, uh, so <laughs> I wrote a little article on the great perversion because it's all right there in Jeremiah 23. Yeah, so I think uh, in the Jeremiah context, of course, is talking about uh, Israel. Um, we, we, we can, you know, it gets a little sticky when you try to sure. apply Old Testament passages to the present church age, because as you well know, you know, the church is a mystery. It was not revealed in the Old Testament. That's right. But, but what we can do, and, and what you're talking about, is we can survey the landscape today, and we can see a setting of the stage for the apostate church. Sure. Uh, plus, plus, there are plenty of New Testament passages which explicitly talk about the church and the great end times apostasy and yeah. the lead up, you know, to the return of uh, Christ. And so, uh, absolutely, um, the church is is basically. Um, so far gone today, it's hard to find true Bible-believing uh, sure. churches. Sure. Uh, now, I want to be careful not to paint with too broad of a brush. I believe there are a lot of, quote, conservative churches out there that love Jesus. They love freedom. They value his word. But they, frankly, aren't rightly handling the word, and they're not 
teaching expositionally, uh, their heart's in the right spot, but they're kind of been swept up in this, mm-hmm. you know, really yeah. postmodern tide of, of the church being marginalized. Yeah. Well, uh, and uh, uh, this is Dick again. Uh, then we go to First Corinthians, where Paul uh, alludes to some Old Testament events, and then he says these things were written for our admonitions, upon whom exactly. the end. Of, so uh, that's the only reason I brought it up. Yeah, that's a great reference. That's in First Corinthians ten, I believe. Yes, it uh, is. Yeah, and so we can, you know, take the timeless truths from each. Uh, you know, dispensation and certainly apply them uh, to today. So, you know, there are no prophecies, technically speaking, being fulfilled today because the next prophecy that starts the clock ticking on that 16% is the rapture. But we do see the setting of the stage. And so another DVD or digital download video that we have is called um, 10 Unmistakable Signs of the Times. Uh, that you know that the rapture uh, could be very near, yeah. and so in that I take great pains at the beginning to deal with the biblical teaching about prophecy versus stage setting, and uh, and distinguish between the two. So some people like to point to every new you know volcano or earthquake or cataclysmic event, and then point to a scripture passage and say this is the fulfillment of that. I don't believe that's a good exegesis, but we can certainly say it's setting the stage. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, we're on the same team there. Yeah, no, of course Be- we are. Because yeah, just, to, just to make it clear, uh, Curtis and I are both dispensationalists. I think you know that. That's right. And for those who don't know, and I'm sure your listeners are well-versed in this, but um, I'm planning to repost this on the Nava Works site, and so uh, I know we get new listeners, new listeners all the time. The term dispensation is a biblical term. It comes right out of Scripture. It just means stewardship or economy. Mm-hmm. And basically what dispensationalism is is a view that when the Bible is read in its plain, normal sense, we see a clear distinction between God's plan for the church and God's plan for Israel. The church has not replaced Israel. God has a future for national Israel. Christ will come back, rule and reign in the rebuilt temple in Jerusalem. And... Um, that uh, the Bible has to be read and understood in its literal, grammatical, historical context. Amen. 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 Yeah. Amen. Well, now listen, JB, we're we're coming up on uh, the end of our hour here, but we would love to thank. We want to thank you again for being a part of our of our ministry here, and it, it's been a great blessing having you on. And I I would hope that uh, and pray that that you would you would be a, a future guest also. Hey, you bet any time. Honestly, this is what I love and love talking with you guys. So you say say the word, and I'm, I'd love to come back on. Well, we, we will definitely be uh, uh, calling you on that. You have an open invitation. If you have something critically important you want to share and you want to share it right now, all you got to do is call us. We're, we're, we'll make you a part of this for sure. You bet. And thank you guys so much. It really was an honor. And a privilege to be with you today. Also an honor and a privilege for us to have you, JB. Thank you so much. I'd like to see you again, but uh, if we don't see you on this side, we'll see you on the other, won't we? Amen, amen. Be back up in Central Illinois uh, next fall, so maybe we can connect. Oh, fantastic. That would be great. That would be great. Um, we have to close for now. Thank you, Dr. Hickson, for being with us. Uh, be sure and tune in again uh, this coming Saturday. For another episode of the Christian Underground News Network, 
this is your host, Kurt Chamberlain, along with your co-host, Pastor Dick Chamberlain, and our special guest, Dr. J.B. Hickson. And uh, we would all three like to say God bless you and keep you. And uh, we'll see you and, and maybe be able to talk to you on Saturday. <laughs> Tune in for sure. We'll see you then. <laughs>